I'm going to need you to pitch me a Christmas film right pissing here and now. Oh, Christ. So Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Fuck yeah. yeah. Five stars. He's a mall manager and he's got to make Christmas really special for young Macaulay Culkin, who's who's our age, but he's young in this. (laughs) You just have to picture it. And he's like, he's a young man. Yeah, because the the thing is, his his whole story is that he never had a good um, Christmas as a kid because his parents were uh, leaving him alone in houses and getting attacked by Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so he he never really had that. Uh, You know, he's also a bad kid, and his brother was um, (laughs) was he in Green Room? No, he was in Blue Ruin, I think. Briefly, yeah, he was in Blue Ruin, which is very upsetting for a kid. There's a whole lot of exactly. There's a lot of shit going on there. So he yeah. he's like, please, Nick Cage, more manager. I just want to meet Santa for, for once, you know, for once in my fucking life. And Nick Cage <laughs> says, well, there's, there's, I have no choice but to hire Kanye Reeves to be that Father Christmas. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Paul Mar, Paul Mar, Paul Blart is around and he's going to yeah. fuck up this entire situation. He's besieging them all and there's nothing left now but for Keanu Reeves and Nick Cage and Macaulay Culkin to yeah. try and defend McCul- themselves against the cast of Paul Blart Molnart. All of them. Even Neil McDonough's there for some reason. And <laughs> Whose side is he on? We're two hours, 45 minutes into the movie at this stage, Paul. Like, what's gonna, what's the third <laughs> act going to be? I, t- I tell you. It's like Lawrence of Arabia. I tell you. There's not going to be a third act, Paul. There's going to be a second film. And that's going to come out Christmas 2021. It's part two, yeah. Battle of the Five Malls. So you have to wait for that next year. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'd wait for that. It'd be an annual Christmas tradition to put up waiting for that. <laughs> It'd be the one tradition we have after Brexit. Yeah. I can't believe No Deal means we lose Christmas. <laughs> yeah, keeping the bananas though. <laughs> Liking your banana, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Some... Your festive banana. <laughs> Who knew that Santa Claus was Romanian? <laughs> it all makes sense if you think about it, because he kept on giving bananas. <laughs> It's your boy, Santa Claus, and welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that comes down the chimney annually, but in the sense that we yearly ejaculate into a fireplace. Yeah, as per tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tradition. I'm actually Paul Salt. Really? Because I'm Father (laughs) Christmas. No! And you know nothing of my work. (laughs) Boy, don't you wish real life were like this? (laughs) Are you actually though, mate? Who am I actually, or who's Tim Allen actually? Because I want to know. That's the question I want to ask. <laughs> Merry, Cri- Merry December 1st, everyone. Yeah, I'm Paul oh, Goodman. It's time. Oh, <laughs> oh. Merry- it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Who did it? <laughs> it's <laughs> Sincerity. It's time, to- it's time to turn your lives and all your money over to the rituals and societal expectations of the most wonderful time of the year. And the rich. And the rich. We're a few weeks off from our yearly Christmas ep, but we had a six episode going spare. No. So we thought we might as well talk about one of the most bizarre film genres out there, the Christmas film. Yeah. This Christmas, Scott Calvin's getting into the spirit the only way he can. Every holiday season, there's one season everyone has to have. When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation, they forgot one small thing. A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. What is they? Why is they? What makes a good one, they? And what are? And what am us? What am us? 
And what are the, some of the weirder Christmas rituals around hmm. us right now? <laughs> they. Find out here. In they. <laughs> so, Paul, you Yule log. Doobie boo, I'm a Yule log, everyone. Check me out. <laughs> That's good banter. <laughs> what's, the, um, what's the one thing about Christmas that makes you like the fact that it's Christmas sometimes? Not all the time. Oh, I, I absolutely love getting presents, Paul. I don't know. Oh, it's great. Nice, nice people out there, my, uh, Ned included, love to buy presents for people. They love to, <laughs> love to give them out and to improve people's lives and, and, and show that they've been think- she's been thinking of them. And I love getting all the presents to know that people have been thinking about me. And it's lovely. It uh, is lovely. It can be a bit of a power play to be the nail and the nail in any given situation. To be like, look, I got you this because I'm so thoughtful. I got you this and you fucking love it. And that that just says a lot about me, doesn't it? How great I am. Yeah. But then you're just there oblivious, like, yeah, great, love it. Yeah, love it. And and, and you got me Do a you mince want your pie. bin wrap? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bin cozy. <laughs> but you know, when you do the bins. Because I've seen, because <laughs> I've been paying a lot of attention this year. I made a note that said, "You take out the bins." And, and you always look so unhappy doing it. So I thought, <laughs> how can I improve that situation? Yeah. <laughs> no, look, lift it up, lift it up. It plays, it plays wicked <laughs> games. I don't know. I was trying to think of a bin-related song. There aren't enough. It's a hole no. in the genre. Um, <laughs> my old man's a dustman. There we go. There you go. It plays, my old man it plays I Will Always Love You, so that you'll know that. <laughs> <laughs> and feel it every time you take the bins out. It's not a Whitney original, though. It's <laughs> You're a Whitney fucking original. Wicked Games. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening with you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. It, it, yeah, that's a really fun aspect of it. I enjoy both. I like giving gifts, and I like receiving gifts, obviously. It's yeah. all good stuff. Although, as an adult, I am now the sort of tragic human being who will buy stuff for themselves, because mm. I like the delayed gratification of it. For example, roughly three feet behind me is a PlayStation 5 <gasps> with Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I'm not getting that out or hooking it up until Christmas morning, because I want to recreate the joy, the joy that I had in when I was a young, young lad in 2013, mm. when we got the PS4, and before that, when I was an even younger lad. Um, when Dad got me a PS2 wow. back in 2001. Yeah, it was great. It was the best Christmas morning ever. And sometimes I think a big part... I don't know. I, I do love Christmas in general. Mm. Sometimes it does feel like you're just sort of trying to recreate precious memories when you were a kid. Uh, which can be fun. It can be fun to sort of recapture the magic and mm. the the wonder, you know, of childhood. Yeah. There are downsides to that. In as much as, you know, the downside to any kind of nostalgic thinking, it can make you, or having a rose-tinted view of the past, is it can make you think that things aren't good now. You know, that good times are behind you and that you can't get them again. Um, You can only sort of create pale facsimiles of them through, you know, nostalgia. Yeah. But, you know, that's not the case. the, the, The key to that is to remember there were shit parts of your childhood Christmases. You know, they weren't perfect. There were bad bits. Um, yeah, just as there are now, and that new things, new traditions, can be just as fun as the old ones. And maybe next year, this mm. year's Christmas is the one you're going to be trying to recreate. Yeah, look, I, yeah. I, I remember Christmas as a kid. It probably means that yeah. that was just the the best time, and the rest of the time, what <laughs> just wasn't as fun. To be fair, as a, as a teenager, yeah. I just mostly stayed up till two in the morning on MSN Messenger. 
Fuck, that was good, though. Trying to get validation from <laughs> from attractive teenage girls. I've never heard nudes described as validation be- uh, before. <laughs> Interesting nickname. You see, it's a clever, <laughs> it's a clever trick, Paul. I should be a bloody spin doctor. Hey, babe, validate me. Yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh, but I do it. Yeah, because of the language. See, kids, <laughs> stay in school. Because of the attitude. Yeah. It's only when you're a teenager you're dumb enough to be confident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I have real vivid memories of Christmas as a teenager. Most of it was just listening to whatever music I, I'd gotten on, on the day, playing whatever video <laughs> game I'd gotten and eating all the chocolate that I had. That's and a big thing. Specifically, the one I always go to is a Christmas that I got a Finch album and a Thursday album, and I got a Tony Hawk's. Oh, fuck yeah. Skater game. <laughs> That's the most 2000 and story I've ever heard. Yeah, I know. So it would go between the Tony Hawk soundtrack to seminal emo albums from the early noughties <laughs> and then Belgian chocolates. Weird shit can be tangled up into Christmas traditions. Um, I remember very specifically the Christmas that I got Onomusha 2, which is a very good Onomusha game. Um, and I played it immediately. And there was a Max Payne 2 another year. Mm. And so these games... Max Payne 2 too. These games feel very Christmassy because, yeah, I remember the excitement mm. of sort of loading them up on Christmas morning. Yeah, yeah. You you just you you play whatever you've gotten, and that can that can lead to some very odd associations. And tradition and nostalgia are just so intertwined. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. Um, by definition. Yeah, and that's that's what really interests me because obviously when we're going to talk about Christmas movies, we'll be talking about some large Christmas traditions and such, but I'll be interested in getting into the weird shit. The stuff that really has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas, but you just find yourself associating mentally with Christmas through just yeah. absolute happenstance. Yeah, such as Finch is what it is to burn. <laughs> because sometimes you have really fond memories chasing down nostalgia, but other times you just think, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just do this because it's around. Like, I remember yeah. the last day in the flat last year before I went home for Christmas... I found mm. myself playing XCOM 2 and listening to every episode of um, Till Death Do Us Blood. Now, those are two okay. things I did not have in my childhood. And yet, I remember just being utterly content in that moment doing yeah. those two things. I remember just being absolutely as happy as I could possibly have been. And now, you know, maybe this year I'll try and do that just before Christmas in an attempt to remember just how yeah, fucking golden that moment was. But. Yeah, I think you can go too far in chasing down. I remember at one stage in my like early 20s, I would have a playlist of all the movies I had to watch that Christmas, mm. you know, and I would miserably just cycle through them, you know, trying, <laughs> to, trying to get them into get enough of them into a day to actually finish the list. And it's like that's just not the way to go. <laughs> just 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 glumly massaging your your sad <laughs> flaccid penis, just wondering <laughs> why you do this. No, just neither of us are into this anymore. Me, Russell Crowe, nobody. It's enjoying this. <laughs> what Russell Crowe film is he watching at Christmas? You'll be amazed. <laughs> See, this is this is interesting because coming into this episode, we were mm. trying to discuss, you know, what angle to approach this from. Yeah. And <laughs> we have different ideas of, you know, whilst wanking. Yeah. And we have very different ideas of, you know, Christmas traditions and, and sure. the idea of, of doing certain things at Christmas. Yeah. And it might belie... Um, how the order with which we approach our d- separate lives. <laughs> I mean, what's an average Christmas for you now? You know, last year, what are you looking at this year? I can say for me, last it, it's broadly the same. I'm still in my little family yeah. unit, you know, yeah. um, 
just uh, will probably open presents in our front room like we've done every year yeah. since I was about eight when we stopped going to grandma's house. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, the, the tradition hasn't changed much. Every so often different people come and go from it, but that's essentially what we'll be doing. We'll put fucking, we'll wake up, put uh, open up stockings, which will contain like little chocolate treats in them. Yeah. We'll put on VH1 or Magic, whichever one is showing, you know, Christmas, whichever one doesn't have adverts on it at that particular moment. Yeah. So we can have Slade singing whilst we open up the presents. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's every year. And then mum goes to the kitchen to do something really bo- long and boring in order to produce a meal that no one likes really. Um, <laughs> whilst the rest of us play with toys. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's no, tradition. Tra- I mean, yeah, that that tra- that side of tradition is generally the same. It, right. It changes somewhat, you know. My parents got divorced when I was thirteen, and I'm right. I'm fine. I'm over it now, but um, <laughs> I'm not angry anymore. You know, honest. No, not at that anyway. But the <laughs> um, but up, up until that point, it was you know it was the same thing every year, and then after that, it was one Christmas at my dad's, one at my mum's. Okay. And now I live in Australia. And they can it's, go fuck themselves. Yeah, they can, they can all just burn. But um, <laughs> in but here, before COVID, anyway, the idea was one year here with Nell's family. One oh. year in um, sunny Northampton, um, <laughs> dodging, dodging bottles, um, and so so yeah. I mean, it's definitely it definitely changes more for mm. me. You know, it just sure. every year we'll be doing something different to the year before. Yeah, but um, it's yeah, it's more about I, I guess for me, my nostalgia doesn't drive me to like seeking out seeking out doing the same things i can remember certain things fondly and i do definitely right. have that nostalgia and that regret that's inherent in you know in there of oh it'll never be as good as yeah you know that 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 christmas i spent wallowing in a breakup listening to my chemical romance god that was <laughs> that was a highlight um but like such is the power of a nost- of nostalgia and memory so does i forget that doghead happened to you yeah i know it's <laughs> everything i've done everything i i say and pretend isn't me is actually definitely me um, <laughs> even when still I'm still pre- got a guy in the basement. I, st- I still have him, and he's a policeman. You <laughs> thought somebody would have noticed by now, but nobody has he, broken Brendan. He was one of the good ones. It's uh but yeah, no, it, <laughs> it, it, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of of things I love about Christmas and things mm. that I associate with uh, Christmases growing up, and I don't know if we're gonna have a time to talk about this. Or have a chance to talk about it, but for example, stand-up DVDs. Oh man, was a yeah. When do we talk about that? Because part of it. You're right. Every year, I love listening to um, Bill Bailey's first couple, um, Cosmic Jam, Part Troll, mm. and um, there's the one in between, Bewilderness, something like that. Maybe. It's um, yeah. I watch those every every year at Christmas. Those are those are very much associated for uh, for yeah. me. I used to, I remember getting a couple of Lee Evans videos yep. um for Christmas growing up, which was always a highlight. Whereas for me it's more <laughs> when I'm with my family, it's whichever one has been bought for my dad. We'll put that oh. on. So it it's you know, for a long time it was just Lee Evans would bring one out every year. Yeah. And, and suddenly he was on D V D and playing at Wembley and it <laughs> you know, and, and there was Mickey Flanagan one year and you know, Michael McIntyre, oh, yeah. you know, it was, it was your roadshow type sure. comedians. Um everyone's got their yeah their their best joke and they use it in this one at the end and everyone cheers. Um <laughs> But it's just it's just lovely. Everybody's like sitting together. Yeah, everyone's sitting around and my dad and I have 
yeah. wildly varying tastes in movies and comedies. Um, you know, right. half of the movies that we do for this podcast, he, he, he will go, no, I quite like that. It's pretty good. Or, <laughs> you know, that was very yeah. good. And incidentally, you're not my son anymore. But um, the... I'm choosing Paul Blart over you. Yeah, it's yeah. Now I get it. I do. But <laughs> uh, but but when we're all sitting down in front of a stand-up DVD at Christmas, I guess there's unity there, yeah. and there is you know there is memory. There are good memories there, but it's something we can all yeah. enjoy. A couple of other notes on why I do enjoy Christmas so much. Part of it is I love the aesthetic of it. Um, I love the fact mm. that really it's about contextualizing a historically very bleak time of year in a celebratory way, because you know. Yeah. Well, the crops die, and there's snow everywhere, yeah. and that beautiful scene outside is the reason you're hungry right now, you know, for yeah. ancestral humans. And so it's nice, the idea of taking, it would be like if we still lived with dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs came out once a year to just eat some of us. And so every year we make it <laughs> yeah. Dinosaur Day. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! It's like... Thankful for the dinosaurs <laughs> and their ongoing existence. Decorate the festive T-Rex. <laughs> Hang a few more viscera from quickly, its fangs. Quickly now. <laughs> Sidestep footwork. Footwork. Like your daddy I, taught yeah. you before his foot <laughs> we got crippled. It's yeah. It's a way of where he got eaten by three T Rex. <laughs> T Rex is the uh, plural of T Rex, and I love it. It's um, yeah. It's T Rex. T Y. It's yeah. It's just a way of making a very bleak time of year, which is still bleak. You know, people get seasonal defect. Um, What's it called? Seasonal affective, affective disorder, disorder. That's the one. It's and they get very down. And Christmas can be a part of that because again, the expectation. Mm. And I find this more so with New Year than Christmas. The expectation mm. is to have a good time. So if you're in a bad place mm. or not really, you know, having a good time, it can really heighten that. And yeah, yeah, be a kind of focal point for how the shortcomings that you perceive in your life. And that's that's a problem with it. And you know depression yeah. and all sorts of other things are very high around christmas which is an issue but i don't know it, you could yeah. also take it in the sense of it just being i don't know a time of year where you section off various it's like it's own little culture you know there are movies and tv shows and other things that mm. you just don't do at other times around the year and you kind of put a fence around them yeah. and say stay out of here except for once a year and it just makes everything inside of that little fenced area just a little bit special even the deeply cynical advertising yeah. that's thrown at us, you know, all the time, suddenly has a slightly festive bent to it. And it just, yeah. even though it's stunningly mundane and even oppressive, suddenly it's something a bit special. Yeah. Everyone loves the John Lewis ads. <laughs> they love them. Uh, they, 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 they love being sold to in a special way. <laughs> sold to um, by a dying high street. <laughs> you seen Amazon's Christmas ad? That's probably a thing. I was going for. I was going for. <laughs> it's just the, the live cam of their um, sweatshop, <laughs> by by which I mean warehouses in the UK. <laughs> but they put festive hats on everyone. <laughs> oh boy! Whilst they continue to breach COVID regulations. <laughs> Is that claymation? No, those people are dying. <laughs> they 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 really do look like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's strange here for me having mm. Christmas in summer. It's yes. lovely because we all get to just sit in the garden and drink beer and sure. wear shorts um, <laughs> i can't stand it <laughs> you know it just looked really weird when i did that in the uk um, <laughs> and they didn't it, accept it or like it it was a straw that broke the camel's back as far as my family were concerned as far as the uk yeah. was concerned but and that was the day me, yeah. they tore up my passport that was the day they kicked my raft 
out onto the channel. <laughs> said, make your fortune elsewhere, scamp. <laughs> I, I really love that. But on the flip side, we, we, you know, we've just been through winter. Right. During COVID. And there was nothing in the middle of it. It was just winter. Yes. And, you know, Melbourne, Melbourne does have winter still. So it was, it was cold. And we don't have heating. You know, we don't have heating right in the same way that the UK does. I see. It's like Britain when um, it snows. It's like, what the yeah, fuck exactly. is this? What's happening? We've only had hundreds of years to deal with this. Um, why hasn't anyone <laughs> made like one change? That's an interesting point because the thing about summer is that it's summer, mm. so you don't really need a focal yeah. point to celebrate. Right. You just to ce- you can just celebrate not being freezing or dying. Yeah, and be happy about that. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of why you need Christmas in the middle of the bleakest period of the year, and yeah. why Australians should move Christmas to June twenty fifth. Yeah. To- I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd be up for it. I, I guess I see the utility of Christmas in summer is to distract you from all the spiders. And, <laughs> and, and, and actually, you know, when in, instead, of, instead of wrapping up our presents, we find all the spiders, put them in boxes and wrap them up, and then we bury them. And then we just give each other the present. So it, it does have we its We give each functions. other a high five. Yeah. <laughs> sick, sick Christmas this year. Best um, one yet. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I just like cold weather in general. Like today was really misty and foggy, and there was kind of crunchy pavements, and you know, just yeah. a lot of mist everywhere, and you can see your breath, and I kind of like that. And I don't think it's just because I associate it with Christmas drawing near. Yeah, okay. I think I think I do quite enjoy, you know, a bit of winter. Having said that, it is a major pain mm. because you have to spend a lot of money on not freezing to death, and you don't want you. to do that. So, you, so you kind <laughs> of your hand is forced, isn't it? <laughs> To be separated from the piece of metal you just touched. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's unfortunate when you're living frost punk, but f- yeah. food or fuel decide now. <laughs> okay, so I think that's a good. It's good to explore our sort of attitudes towards Christmas because I think it's gonna f- feed into um, our discussion about Christmas films and the kind of Christmas yeah. films we like. Hmm. Um, we've talked a little about the significance of traditions um, and what they mean to us. They can be a good way of sort of connecting with. Whatever it is that Christmas really means to you. And yeah. we'll come across some of those meanings when we talk about some of these films. So, let's get on to mm. movies. Okay. Now, in talking about Christmas films, and I saw this come up in the OG team. Oh. There was a discussion had. Yes. I hate it when they interact with each other. They should only be interacting with us. Because they'll realise that their opinions are, also, are worth as much as ours. <laughs> you interact with us and we'll decide which of your opinions is worthy of being fed back to everyone else <laughs> that is how it works but it's the only reason we did a podcast validate us by which yeah we mean news um <laughs> the discussion was setting versus theme i think is the way to mm, put it yes so you've got movies that treat christmas as the setting where it's going to take place and movies that are about christmas Yes. It's a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a dismissive nature to some of the comments in our lovely, lovely OG team. With a bit which, of festive um, gatekeeping. Oh, well, a little bit of you know tussling, a little bit <laughs> of dueling yeah. amongst cineasts, which is a wonderful image I just put in my head. <laughs> <laughs> On guard. <laughs> um, Mark Kermode strides into the arena. <laughs> um, atop his black steed. <laughs> So, Put okay, me down, talk... Christopher. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's talk about movies that use Christmas as setting. Um, okay. And we'll talk about the merits or lack thereof of such okay. movies. 
Um, now, I have as a feeling action movie, I'm going to prefer these movies to actual ooh. Christmas movies. <laughs> Let's find out. So yeah. the first one that sprang to mind is Shane Black, because for some fucking reason, that man insists on setting all of his movies at Christmas, except The Predator, I think, <laughs> um, and has never yet tied it in. No, yeah, that's interesting. Weird. He works best with a, with a time frame in mind, and Christmas is the only one that he knows. <laughs> is anyone he's found out yet? It's, yeah, <laughs> Don't the original... know the others. The original it, Lethal Weapon is set at Christmas, and it's yes. in California. It's in LA, I think. So, yeah. yeah, it has that weird quality of being, you know, looking like the middle of summer. Yeah. Um, and then there's a Christmas tree. And I think the one reference to Christmas is um, when Gary Busey is going around the house with a gun looking <laughs> for um, our hero's family. And, um, oh, that's it. It was Scrooge is on the TV going, boy, do you know what time it is? And Gary Busey shoots the TV and says, it's goddamn Christmas. <laughs> and that's it for references to Christmas. It's, he's so traditional. <laughs> so there's that. And there's also Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is a movie yeah. I really like. Um, nice guys and the Christmas Night. as well. Oh, yep. Nice guys. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Long Kiss Goodnight. Nell's been trying to get me to watch it for ages. And I've, I oh, want to. Good. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. That's Shane Black as well, so, and then uh, yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is Robert Downey Jr. fucking return yeah. to power after his rehab, yeah. and where he invents the kind of nervous energy Tony Stark thing that came to define him. Yes, um, and also who else Val is Kilmer? in that movie? That's Val Kilmer. Yes, career best Val Kilmer. Yeah, God. as um, Gapery. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really good film that, and that's a sort of neo noir thing. But again. The only thing about it that's Christmassy is the bit that at some point they force um maybe Rachel Monaghan. Yeah, she spends a scandalously large amount of the film in a um sexy uh, Santa Santa's elf oh, costume. Okay. Um, is the only connection to Christmas that that movie really has. Yeah. So um yeah, it's odd. It's odd that he keeps doing it. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily. It, it's I think been a part of my Christmas tradition just because it can feel a bit odd to watch it other time at other times. He's also responsible for the only Christmas set Marvel movie, so far as I'm aware, in Iron Man 3. Oh, he did do it for that as well. Yeah, that was also Christmas. Maybe he just likes the aesthetic. Yeah, maybe. you do get sort of frosty suburban America, you know, with the snow yeah. kind of thing, except for the ones he sets in LA. Very odd. Yeah, the only I can only think that it offers a tone that, that, yeah. that you don't get with anything else. Uh, or it just the note he knows that it triggers nostalgia in people, so it's... So it's yeah. going to burrow its way into and... the sort of the, the love center of your brain. It's a clever marketing strategy. You know, people are going to be going to the Prince Charles Cinema every year to see your movies. At yes. Christmas. Um, the Apartment is a movie I absolutely love. Yeah. Okay. I haven't That's, seen that. Um, Jack. Oh, it's Jack Lemon and Shirley. Uh, Shirley MacLaine. Mm. And it's um, about a guy who is um, he's well known in his uh, company because people know that they can go to his uh, place to use it as a den for affairs. Oh, okay. So all the corporate guys, it's a Billy Wilder film. Ah, and, um, cool. So all the corporate guys are just using his apartment for sex, and it's about what happens when, you know, uh, this starts to involve the Shirley Va- Valentine character, um, Shirley MacLaine character, who he's um, he's a bit fond yeah, of. Okay. And it all it, it all comes to a head. But again, it's just not really about Christmas. It's only about Christmas in as much as another reason I like Christmas so much is because it represents the end of the year. Yeah, okay. There's a sense of closure to it. There's a sense of finality. Like, the Christmas break is the period you build to. Yeah. Because as people, I think we'd go mad if we didn't break our lives into years. Yeah. You know, you've got to have a sense of beginning and ending 
to things and life you don't really get to know when it's beginning or when it's ending so you break it up into little bits and there's this promise this idea that you know you can start afresh in the new year and do new things and put apart put behind you anything that went wrong last year yeah you're right we like to make sense of things and we like to have put things in categories that's how we understand things yeah absolutely it's yeah it's a smart move whoever did that i'm gonna say david blaine (laughs) david blaine thank you for creating the calendar and years it's brilliant god you really are magic god yeah wizard (laughs) yeah yeah i I don't i don't know i guess it also being the, the major holiday for the western world yes um at least it is an obvious go-to for some someone who wants to make a film around a meaningful time of year. With Shane yes. Black, when every film is that, then you have to probe that, and and it's not. <laughs> it can't just be about that, or maybe it is, and it works well enough to be the back, yeah. the sort of background for different movies. But it's mm. it's, it's the obvious yeah, I go-to, so. and- I think, unless you do it for the director's birthday, which not no one else is going to be able to <laughs> relate to, <laughs> understand, or care about. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, with the apartment and with things like that, it's just about getting close to the end of a year and putting a sort of timeline on it. Because there's a whole, I can't remember what it is, but there's a whole ticking clock around New Year that comes in. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's also part of the drive to set things at Christmas. Um, In Bruges is set at Christmas, which is... um, Oh, God. Remember the film production they're doing? There's like christmas trees around and um yeah there's a christmas aspect to it but again that is just not a film that's about christmas but it does by being set at christmas you know a big part of that movie is about naivety yeah and innocence and you know the boy in question which you yeah. know represents innocence lost on behalf of this assassin there's something to it in that respect of setting it to contrast against christmas and that's something i'll actually come back to in a moment yeah okay um batman returns <laughs> yeah god set at christmas um, very odd and again it just I, I think with that you could pretty much guarantee that it, for uh, Tim Burton it was an aesthetic decision it's like how do I make my movie yeah. different from the last one you know make it the Christmas Batman movie and it does work I mean I've I revisited Batman Returns a few years ago actually and did find it was a lot weaker than I remembered it oh really Um, yeah I was really sad to discover this but it's like wow this movie keeps picking up plot lines and then just throwing them away uh, it's okay. like, let's do this for a bit, and now we're stopping that. And now this, <laughs> now that's that, and now that's that, and it's like, okay, let's smear Batman. No, we're not going to do that anymore. Let's have Penguin be mayor. Oh, it didn't didn't really work. Huh. Um, and it's just, there's like there's like ten of those. Wow. Okay. It's very strange. It's a strangely structured film, and the action scenes aren't quite as um up to task as I'd have hoped, and um, that some of the dialogue scenes are quite. Silly, yeah, but there right. are still moments that really stand out. I really like um, a lot of the Bruce Wayne, Selina Kyle stuff. I remember as being really, really good. Um, okay, what? How about one more? Carol, Carol is set across. Yes, okay. And it's actually showing at the Prince Charles uh, this year, um, if cinemas are able to be uh, fillable. Wonderful movie, which just happens to be set at Christmas, and Christmas is the inciting action. Yes. Yeah, it, it it starts off at Christmas and with um, our main characters meeting because one works in a store yeah. and um, the other, you know, wants, needs to buy something. And so that kind of kicks it yeah. off. And it has a sumptuously gorgeous opening sequence set in a department store at Christmas. Mm. Just Rooney Mara in that Christmas hat mm. is just iconic, I think, to that film. Yeah, it was so nice. I remember that, that guy in front of us was taking photographs of the movie. <laughs> 
that was yeah that was during a scene in which they were shopping for christmas trees so. yeah great he just loves it he just loves christmas and that's why yeah, he was here all. he hates lesbians though, <laughs> so yeah he'd, he'd cover his phone camera and just scream until the women got off off the screen didn't he it's horrible he got the camera out horrible again horrible man for the carter burwell music okay so com- compare that to the home home alones home alone 2 for example yeah which is is really you know a lot of the stuff that happens isn't anything to do with Christmas. Christmas is an inciting incident, and he does go shopping in a mall, and they talk about Christmas for a bit. Yeah, yeah, and Donald Trump is in it. Donald Trump's so. in it, so obviously it's very Christmassy. Yeah, quite Christmassy. Yeah, um, very festive. Um, but <laughs> it's still not a Christmas movie in the way that Elf is, for example. It's interesting you should mention Elf. I am about to come on to Elf. Okay. Um... Because, yeah, we can talk now. This would be more useful to, I think, look at films that I think there is an argument to be made that it is about Christmas or an aspect yeah. of Christmas. Yeah, okay. And let's start with Elf. John Favreau's Elf starring um, Will Ferrell in one of his five performances I like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> five might be generous. I'd give him five. I'd give him five. I'd give There's him probably six. Five cool. out there. There's probably a bunch I haven't seen, to be honest. How How is Step Brothers? Uh, I'm not a fan, but... Okay. That he did everything must go and stranger than fiction, which there are a go. couple of more serious things, and and they're and they're really great. He's great in them. You got Zoolander. Like Anchorman. You got Anchorman. Yeah. Got Elf, which I, uh, for me is a film, a, a three star film. I don't. Okay. It's 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 fine. I get really embarrassed I... at the end when they all start singing, but Will, oh. Will Ferrell is really good in it. <laughs> That's interesting. I do enjoy Elf quite a bit, and I do watch it a lot of the um, yeah. a lot of the time around Christmas. And yes. There are aspects of it which are very cringy, I will admit. Um, Good. And for me, that film, I think, qualifies as a, a, a film about Christmas because it's about wonder. Aside from it yeah. just being, you know, plot-wise about literally the mythology of Christmas, thematically, it's about... It's Mary Poppins, essentially. It's about an old yeah. uh, an old man, an old Merry James Kahn-style man. An old James Kahn-style horrible man. Yeah. Um, Thank Donald he Trump. Has biz- he has business meetings with uh, Peter Dinklage. It's awful. He's a horrible <laughs> man. And he, um, he's forgotten his sense of wonder and he's forgotten, you know, the idea of magic and, yeah. and love and all the other cliched bullshit. It's and like so... Santa Claus the movie. It's the same. Like, I mean, a yeah. lot of Christmas movies are about that, I suppose. It's about being cynical and forgetting about family. And... Yeah. And remember wonderfulness and joy and yes. nostalgia and connecting to it and suddenly deciding that, yes, we should go fly a kite Sing at Santa and or whatever happens in the Santa Claus. And <laughs> Murder John Lithgow. <laughs> Murder John Lithgow. It's wonderful. Yeah, so that's Elf. It's about it's about the wonder. Wonder of uh, reconnecting with wonder. And you're right, that is a common theme. Now, I remember one of the sassy comments left mm. was that that person considered I can't remember who it was now, I'm afraid. <laughs> considered it's a wonderful life to not be about Christmas. It's just a movie set at Christmas. Okay. I would argue otherwise, in as much as that is a movie inherently about self-worth and gratitude most importantly uh okay. for anyone who hasn't seen it i highly recommend it i love it's a wonderful life um and it is a part of my usual christmas watching hmm. uh when i can find time for it it's um yeah it's just a, a wonderful story about a guy who loses hope yeah and who loses loses any sense of proportion in terms of his own value he becomes to believe that he's worthless that he has wasted his life um and sets about taking his life. And mm. then through a sort of intervention from a mysterious force, which is another very common Christmas theme 
is um, a little bit of supernatural stuff gets involved, he has shown the value of his life. In yeah. small ways, he has touched the lives of people around him, not by, you know, any extraordinary deeds, although he has done some fairly extraordinary deeds, like, you know, preventing the run on the bank and such. Yeah. Um, he has succeeded. He's told that life has meaning not because of the great things he's done, but because he has been himself consistently through his life. He has yeah. been George Bailey, and that touched the lives of the people around him. It's a movie about gratitude, and I think a lot of Christmas movies are ultimately about gratitude. Hmm. You know, he suddenly realizes that he's very grateful for the life he has lived and for the contributions he's gotten to make to his society and for the way generally life has gone and the people around him. Yeah. And I think that, again, essentially it's, you know, a Christmas carol, kind of. It's just, he's very down yeah. on his life and suddenly it gets pointed out to him that I would say life so. can yeah. be great if you just look at it differently. And as you were saying earlier, you know, the expectations around Christmas, it does actually lead yeah. to a, an increase in suicide. It does, um, the, yeah. the, the season. Um, so there's there are those similarities there. Um, it's it's still yeah. strikingly modern. that, um, But it's also, mm. yeah, um, Christmas Christmas is the, could be considered the inciting incident. Yes, because you have that wonderful scene where he comes home. Yeah, everything's Christmassy. There's Christmas decorations yeah. up and Bailey's just miserable because he yeah. knows about the lost money and, you know, he mm. thinks that this is pretty much the end for him and his daughter is practicing that tune on the piano and yeah. he ends up snapping at her and everybody just wants to talk about Christmas and be happy and he's just yeah. carrying this burden, which I think, especially at the time and still today, but we're talking about it more, is a thing that men just thought they had to do. Don't yeah. bring work home, you know, just shoulder it yourself and George finds like so many people do that he can't yeah he can't just shoulder it on his own and yeah it drives him to suicide very Christmassy <laughs> no it did but it also <laughs> it, is, it also it is. is sadly but um <laughs> yeah. but then yeah all, all throughout is is this you know this 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 idea of those expectations and the the traditions of the holiday and what he should mm. be doing and you know yeah. the, 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 when when everything is okay at the end and he does get to go and be with his family. Yeah. It's a classic Christmas resolution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, where everybody is reminded yeah. of the values of the season and every, and yeah. the audience are in turn reminded of the values of the season. As was I, when you took me to see it one Christmas. <laughs> Best Christmas ever. You cried so, all so. the way through, especially on the way in. Yeah. There's different um, reasons though. Yeah. <laughs> especially um, on the way in. Yeah. And he, and he saves his wife. Um, he saves his wife from the horrors of um, being a sp being unmarried, which shouldn't Oof. happen to any woman. Being an old crone, <laughs> a spinster, <laughs> a horrible a woman with her own interests and goals. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, since we mentioned it, we might as well talk about the various incarnations of a Christmas Carol, um, including yeah. the Muppet one. The, clearly, the yeah, best the best one. one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's got Michael Caine and Muppets. <laughs> it's got Michael fucking Caine. He's going to talk to you about Christmas. What about... <laughs> Ebenezer Cunt and Scrooge, mate. What about Tiny Tim? It's uh... Tiny Tim, come here, you cunt. What day is it? <laughs> you already asked the other boy outside your window. I don't want to know about him. I want to know what day you think it is. <laughs> Some people bollocks. <laughs> but that's a movie that's about generosity of spirit. Yeah. It's about um, the joy of being generous. You know, Scrooge has a miser. He's... um. You know, it's a Dickens story, so it very much plays into his own sort of social um, 
commentary things that he was he wanted to say, yeah. which was very much you know against poverty, and part Fun of the it Tories. was <laughs> fuck the Tories, eat the Tories is essentially um, <laughs> Dickens um, Dickens approach to things, and that's fair. And so yeah, the Christmas Carol just generally is about the joy of giving, which I guess is also yeah. could be said of um, uh, Kurt Cameron saving Christmas, but in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in in, in different. Definitely different ways. Fuck what a crazy film. <laughs> crazy wonderful film. Such a different person for having seen that. <laughs> I'll never be the same again. So yeah, that's um that's Christmas Carol. It's about the idea that at Christmas you can be more generous and people generally are. You know, charity donations yeah. go up and um Yeah. You know, you get into the slight absurdity of it where it's like, Oh, I can't afford my usual donations and such. I've spent too much money on Barbies for my husband. <laughs> <laughs> What's this reality? Dolls or or grills. <laughs> grills. Fuck, I forgot you're an Aussie now. <laughs> <laughs> throw a shrimp on the Barbie, throw a shrimp on the Barbie, throw a shrimp on the Barbie. Why do you have so many Barbies? <laughs> and only them. four shrimps. <laughs> Why are they all only large enough to accommodate a shrimp? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's Christmas Carol. It's about give at Christmas. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, Christmas Vacation. This <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was the only <laughs> film I could think of where it's about family. It's about how horrible your family is and how much you don't yeah. want to spend time with them at Christmas. Um, and the sheer oh, horror of yeah. it. And yet also it's good <laughs> because your family's your family and you love them, really. Yeah. Actually, deep down. Don't you? It's, it's yeah. more common to see that in television shows. I can't think of too many films that are about that, but then I imagine a lot of the non-action related ones are. Um, yeah. is, this, it, is this what the holiday is about? Write in. Please. We're looking for scripts. <laughs> so that's another meaning. So these are all just meanings of Christmas that we're accumulating here. <laughs> the wonder of a child, gratitude, family, generosity of spirit. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas? Yes. Is interestingly, I think, a film about someone not getting what Christmas is about. Yeah. Um, Jack Skellington, you know, loves the aesthetic. He loves how it looks, and he's just bored of, you know, his everyday life, which for him is living in Halloween Town. It's kind of like the story of yeah. a goth who falls in love with Christmas, and it's kind of lovely for that. It's and like, wants to appropriate it to fit wants, their worldview. <laughs> yeah, and tries to have a go and fails miserably. That's, I mean, that's so, yeah. that's so fucking Tim Burton. And a lot of his early career, yeah. before he decided to just do whatever the fuck you would describe now as, was about weird outsiders yeah. trying to earn approval and failing. <laughs> and um, Jack yeah. Skellington... Yeah, tries to get into Christmas, but totally doesn't get the idea of it, which is... Although I don't know, because I've put that the meaning like here is like giving, the joy of giving, but he does give. He just gives badly. Yeah. He gives snakes and yeah. horrible things that he doesn't realise kids don't like. So, yeah, he's a man with a dream, and he's he's trying to make a difference. Yeah, it's just the, it the wrong kind of dream and difference. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of a real movie about the joy of giving, I think you'd look at something like Ah for Christmas, which... Mm. is a movie about you know uh, ultimately about family in the end because that's what the you know ba- the foreground stuff is about but also about just the joy that can come from you know the, just the right present giving to someone who really yeah. needs it you know something really lovely in that and that's that's what that's about nightmare before christmas yeah. a little harder to place at its worst i would say it was more about stick to your lane <laughs> but i don't think <laughs> that. i think it's no. generally a good thing that skellington Nearly ruined Christmas. It almost feels like an it's an antidote to the <laughs> to the Grinch. It's 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 an outsider trying to take Christmas for himself, but rather than steal it, 
yeah, yeah. giving it out in a terrible way. Um, <laughs> very similar to Christmas with the Cranks, when you think about it, <laughs> which I now love. <laughs> well, that brings us on to the third category for me. There are movies that are <laughs> die hard. There are movies <laughs> that are Christmas as setting in name only, and there are movies that are about Christmas. In between, mm. I think, but leaning more towards the Christmassy side of things, movies that are deliberate subversions of Christmas. Yes. Movies that deliberately try and use Christmas in order to tell stories that are not the sort of stories you would normally tell at Christmas. Now, I have not seen Bad Santa. Have you? No. Shit. No. That looks um, like an important talking point for this um, category. Um, yeah. Because that it's looks exactly like what that's trying to do. To it's trying to tell a shocking, kind of gross out, I think, um, just kind of dark comedy whilst yeah. using Christmas as a setting in order to heighten the unpleasant qualities of its main character. And I think the first one was fairly well reviewed, right? I think so. Yeah. And then it's just about that character, again, just learning the true meaning of Christmas, as some of these do. Gremlins yeah. is a movie that has very little to do with Christmas, but by being a schlocky monster movie, with, yeah. you know, little bits of violence and chaos and, you know, stuff like that. And setting it at Christmas, so you kind of contrast said violence and B-movie quality against the idea of Christmas. Yes. And therefore, the effect is heightened. And that, I think, and is why we've put off talking for so long, is Die Hard. I yeah. think, because yet there's so much debate around whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Some will say, it's just set at Christmas. Others will try and justify why it's a Christmas movie. Mark Kermode is fond of this. Yeah. I would say, I think it is a Christmas movie in as much as it is a, it is set at Christmas in order to kind of add a level of, um, yeah. what do you call it? What's, what's Incongruity, I guess, to the action mm. that's happening. You know, when John McClane has just beaten the living shit out of a terrorist and killed him by chucking him down a staircase, and then suddenly he sees yeah. a little Christmas tableau and smiles to himself, that's funny. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's it's funny the idea that this is all happening at Christmas. Yeah, I'd say so. And the ho ho ho, you know, wrapping paper he straps to his back is, you know, he says it, ho ho ho. What more, do, what more do you want? Yeah, now I have a machine gun. It's <laughs> classic Christmas line. <laughs> classic Christmas line. And yes, I do appreciate Die Hard being around at Christmas. It offers a lovely little bit of change from other Christmas movies. Yeah, for sure. It's also, I think, my dad's favorite <laughs> film. Um, so it's rightly so. Yeah, so there's a, there's a there's another sort of avenue of commonality there between us, mm. which is really nice. <laughs> um, I refer you yeah. back to him liking many Adam Sandler films. All, all of the people I'm looking at, all of our despicable OG teams who are um, saying that it's not a Christmas <laughs> movie, and you know, I guess if if mm. your view of a Christmas movie is something that happens at Christmas, that is about Christmas, and that um, you know, ev- everything happens is about Christmas, and Santa Claus shows mm. up. Oh, even Santa Claus shows up in Die Hard. He's got a machine gun. Um, <laughs> that was Santa. He killed him. It, it depends how hard line you want to be on what makes a what makes it a Christmas movie. But I think yeah, I, I, I we we makes... we're both pretty much Foucault at this point. All life is meaningless. So why is Die Hard <laughs> not a Christmas movie? Yeah, it depends on what the significance you want to attach to it being a Christmas movie is. If mm. If it aids the discussion that's being had about Christmas movies to the one that we've just had about what is the meaning of Christmas and how does it manifest on film, mm. yes, maybe you want to move Die Hard out because it doesn't have much to say in that but regard. But he's still coming home to see family. Yes, and, it's about and family. And you could see the whole 
It's about gratitude. The whole thing is... Yeah, well, the whole thing is... It Joy helps him to reassess his relationship to his, his wife, his estranged wife and, and family. Yeah. Who is called um, Holly, after all. Yeah, who is called Holly. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Kiss me on the mistletoe. Yeah. Gennaro. And um, that was all of that in quotation marks. Every, like it's on it's on the data bank in um, Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah, doesn't even fit on the screen. Stupid nineties. But it does. The, the the film, the experience that McLean goes through, serves the same function as a Christmas revelation right. in other Christmas movies. So there's that parallel as well. Yeah, and I think that's that's really cool. Yeah, I think so. It, it's it's fun. It's yeah. Yeah. I, I, it... It's like a journey that he has to go on, I guess. It's like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which I think is a Thanksgiving movie, if I remember correctly. Um, it's mm. the journey that he then goes on in order to get to Christmas. At the the end of the line is yeah. a happy Christmas for John McClane and his family, you know. And it's um, mm. also very in keeping with its sort of all American, chest pumping, slightly conservative agenda that that movie <laughs> has of just you know, mm. traditional dad, sweaty t-shirt wearing no sock wearing dad rescues his wife from a successful career from the perils of a successful career um no socks no socks even he's such a redneck how establishment (laughs) no he's (laughs) oh yeah i suppose he is well you know he's traditional value traditional american values is um the no socks wearing hick that is john mcclain um it's hipsters it's and their a... thick socks, irremovable socks. <laughs> the hipsters are the fucking terrorists, but definitely. Did you see the blonde one with the glasses? He listens. Oh, who wears that? <laughs> he listens to Europop to this day. <laughs> so, you know, if you're just talking about movies that are legit to watch at Christmas, I'm about to demonstrate yeah. in a bit when we quick fire that that's really a fucking broad category. Yeah. And can be down to many different things. So, uh, it depends on what the context is, but I don't. I certainly don't think you should be trying to gatekeep or say that Die Hard is this or not that. You know. Yeah. Depends on the context. Why does it matter? I'm I'm not attached to Chris to Christmas movies in the same way that a lot of people seem to be. Mm. So I I don't care. I'm very very happy to consider Die Hard a Christmas movie because I would I would watch it at Christmas. Yeah. Um. Watch it anytime. You know, if <laughs> if asked to choose a Christmas movie. It usually just be die hard. Mm. So it, it doesn't bother me to have this film genred or misgenred, you know? It's Yeah. I mean if if it was stopping someone, if someone was just sticking to Die Hard and they weren't seeing some of my favourite Christmas films insisting that they've seen enough. I think that's it, is people <laughs> assume often that there is limited scope within public uh awareness and that everything yeah. has to vie for a place. And if Die Hard is here it means that Holiday Inn can't be. And it's yeah. It's just, no, the, it's bigger than that. It's huger than that. The world is made of yeah. 7 billion people, and there's a good chunk of them that love Die Hard, and there's a very big chunk of them that love Holiday Inn. And, you know, there's yes. no threat from one group to the other. Both can coexist. No. And maybe watch each other's movies. I enjoy Holiday Inn and Die Hard. It, it reminds me of when I was a teenager getting into metal and, mm. and going, I have this, this, this vivid memory of being on a forum and go and saying, yeah, I love you know heavy, heavier stuff like Slipknot, and the response from from most of the people was <laughs> Slipknot isn't heavy. Yeah, you should try Cradle of Filth. Yeah, like oh okay, I'm sorry for liking the genre. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for stifling me there. <laughs> um, which is not not to say that people saying Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie have the same like sh- shitty scoffing voice that I just did. Yeah, um, that's my own problem that I'm working through. But. <laughs> 
um, with this knife. It's it's a it's a similar sort of stop stop enjoying your Christmas movie. Yeah, it's not a Christmas um, film. You've got to enjoy my Christmas film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just us trying to trying to control the reality around us by ensuring that everyone shares the same opinion, which would be good. It's why we still vehemently beat the living shit out of anyone who says anything nasty about the Last Jedi, and it's right to do so. <laughs> But right to do so, yeah. <laughs> but we have to at least do so with a sense of irony, which is the only way in which I'd be the <laughs> shit out of anyone. Or do anything, in fact. <laughs> a couple of other good films I like to watch at Christmas, um, before I move on to some weirder shit, is um, the original Miracle on 34th Street. I couldn't really wrap that oh, yeah. in, but I think that's a really charming Christmassy film mm. with an interesting little um, court scene. You know, a courtroom drama kind of sewn into it. Yeah. But it's also funny and charming and... I really love the sequence at the beginning where um, this guy who believes he's the real Santa Claus gets a job as a mall Santa and proves to mm. be just incredible at the whole thing, including being able to speak. I can't remember what language he speaks. I can only remember that Richard Attenborough in the remake does sign language. Um, uh, okay. I can't remember what language it is in the original 1947 film, but he speaks a language in order to t- give a kid a happy Christmas message, and that's beautiful. And, and he... Oh. Um, he does this thing of telling parents where they can buy all of the goods in the mall cheaper, and that ends up turning into a really good policy for the st- uh, store because everybody likes the honesty and it becomes like a thing, and that's just cute and adorable. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know what you've just brought up a really strange memory? Oh yeah. Um, strange or surprising, perhaps. I associate the remake of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh yeah. With playing. The first Resident Evil on Christmas Eve. <laughs> how weird! Um, I love that, but how strange. I, I remember my family were watching it, um, <laughs> and I was not because fuck Christmas movies. <laughs> I'm gonna play Resident Evil, and and yeah, it was a game that I found notoriously difficult, mm. and I've never completed it. No, it's very hard because I would. I was too scared as a teenager. I couldn't <laughs> couldn't handle playing that game for for too long. So I'd, I'd be occasionally controls. just leaving the room and going into the living room with the fire going and the, you know, the various Aww. bowls of chocolates and nuts <laughs> on the table. and A beautiful Christmas scene happening next door. <laughs> yeah. Everybody enjoying that and me just, just, just failing and really, you know, really, I think doing the legwork to later develop hypothyroidism um, in that day, just overstimulating myself. <laughs> With constant zombies and death and one bullet. Um, <laughs> God, what a strange memory you've just dredged up there for that's me. That's brilliant. Probably. I love it. I love that a yeah. lot. Um, another film <laughs> Another film I really like, I mentioned it earlier, Holiday Inn and White Christmas, very similar films. Mm-hmm. Um, bizarrely, Holiday Inn is the first film to feature the song White Christmas, which then they named you know, the subsequent film as. Mm. Two very sweet films. I only actually saw them for the first time last year, but they're, I think they're going to become part of the tradition because they're both just well-meaning in that way that old musicals mm. can be. And they're not technically musicals, I don't think, because there's no music in it that isn't diegetic. You know, it's about a performing band. Okay. But yeah, I mix them up. Um, Holiday Inn, I think, was the one where they buy an inn in a in a uh, thinking it'll be a get-rich-quick scheme, but it then mm. starts to be um, a big mistake, and so they decide to theme the shows that they're doing around holidays in order to try and uh, get up interest. And White Christmas is about a bunch of old army dudes who go to the, uh, again, the um, hotel, which is going badly, of their former commanding officer. And they decide they're going to do a big musical show in order to try and revamp interest. And there's love triangles and, you know, miscommunications and all the rest going on. 
Mm. It is sweet. Sweet and good music. Um, And I don't know if this actually qualifies as television, but The Snowman and Father Christmas uh, two British animated films that are just lovely and Mm. are on every year. Snowman, weirdly melancholy, as everybody knows, um, with its famous sad song. But yeah, I thought I watched those. Jones. Helen Jones. And the second one had another um, Welsh guy, Mel Smith. I don't think he's Welsh, actually. Um, As (laughs) as Father Christmas. So no connection whatsoever. (laughs) As Father Christmas. So, yeah. It was just... And that's about Father Christmas going on holiday after a particularly stressful year. Which is very cute. Uh, Yeah. Two really good uh, little animated films. With us rapidly running out of time, there was a talking talking point I wanted to have, which is why Christmas movies tend to be poorly reviewed. Um, yeah, and does it actually matter? Because in addition to movies like Jingle All the Way or um, similar, you know, objectively bad films that we still watch at Christmas yeah. just because we have those memories and we're chasing the nostalgia, even beloved classics like Love Actually or Home Alone, you are then surprised to learn have very poor ratings by critics and were not well received when they came out. So, ah. what's going on? Love there? Actually was the other one actually that I I made a note of. Because I actually, I do, it's probably the film I associate most with Christmas. Ah. Or, 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 or like, when I think of Christmas movies, because I, I saw it at Christmas. Yeah. Realised that actually, I really liked it. <laughs> and um, uh, against all odds, because I sort of lumped it in with Notting Hill and um, right. Four Weddings. And yeah. as a teenager, I couldn't stand the idea of that that stuff. <laughs> Turned out to be good and funny. I, I, and... Yes, I do like it. And I do find it funny in places. I will say that for me, the problem with Love Actually is a lot of it is surprisingly miserable and also yeah. or creepy. Um, the Laura Liddy yeah, okay. storyline always comes back to me when I think of that movie where she's about to have sex with a really attractive you know, guy, new guy in her life when she has to yeah. give up on that dream in order to go look after her disabled brother because carers can't have love lives. Like That should have ended with like yeah. the hot guy coming with her to the place and like being really patient yeah yeah you know maybe meeting the brother and being like hi i'm gonna be part of laura linney's life now so hello yeah you know that would have been nice (laughs) yeah no Um, that's true it was was, you're right it was was quite it's pretty bleak in parts it it can be very Um, bleak i mean emma thompson just kind of accept she doesn't split up with alan rickman does she they just kind of accept yeah accepts that he's been a shit yeah this is a shitty part um, of our lives i guess we're just going to accept and move on with and the chick Bill who, Nye's in it, so Bill Nye's in it. That's depressing, and it's just yeah. And there's creepy stuff. There's Colin. Firth. I don't know. I know it's meant to be a big romantic gesture, but Colin Firth showing up with all of that village to that girl's house. It just yeah. feels weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, this is a weird thing. The, for me. I mean, the Andrew Lincoln. Oh fuck me! Resolution is so strange. What I love about that is, what would he have done if it had gone down badly? Because <laughs> he had all these cards. Yeah. Like, what if halfway through? Instead of Kira Knightley just smiling with all of her teeth, what if she was just <laughs> looking at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I married your have, best like, friend. I'm married to 12 years a slave. <laughs> you know how tough it's going to be for him. What's wrong <laughs> with you? Would he have just like flipped over the cards and on the other side, it's like, I'm so sorry, I stepped out of line. It was a joke. Um, Hashtag. It was... <laughs> Not all men. <laughs> I'm filming this for my great YouTube channel. You got punks. Uh, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Get a put. Pulled up his trousers, pulled up his trousers, and shuffled away, <laughs> which went down the entire time. That's what they don't. That's do. <laughs> what you didn't see. But it was implied by Bill Nye being in the film. <laughs> and there was one other. Oh yeah, that kid uh, bringing Heathrow to a standstill. 
It's fucking sweet. what you don't oh, see yeah. after that moment of Liam Neeson is just SWAT teams swarming that area like moments after. <laughs> get on the ground! Get on the ground! Get on the fucking ground! We don't want any. We don't want any trouble. Get on the ground! <laughs> My spine. We're having. It's we're just right, we're just right having part of Ireland. we're just having a lovely Christmas moment. Oh, live fire! Live fire! <laughs> get on the ground, Timmy. <laughs> My name's not Timmy. You're Timmy now. Don't give a shit. Uh-huh. You're all Timmy now. <laughs> and the SWAT team get on the ground. Um, <laughs> no, I like Love Actually. It's a very cheesy, corny kind of movie that has um, issues. Um, but yeah, but some some real funny moments, real funny and moments, some really great performances. Martin Freeman, yeah, great performances. I think is what really characterizes it. Hugh Grant's really fun in it. That's it. And um, yeah, it's, it, that's it. It's just a great ensemble piece. I think it is. Yeah. Um, but too many stories, very much like a New Year, and it ruined cinema because it then led that fucking guy, what's his name, to um, Barry Barlow, Barry Barlow to make all the day movies. <sighs> yeah. So fuck that guy. Um. I can't remember what we were talking about before Love Actually became our lives. Poorly rated Christmas movies? Yes. It's, does it matter? Nah, fuck them. Nah, fuck them. And why? Um, <laughs> I, I guess there's just different... I, I mentioned this to my mother and she said, well, Christmas movies should be held to a different standard. And I think to some extent they are. Because people do yeah. look for something different. You know, the, the movie yeah. The Holiday, which came out a few years ago with Cameron Diaz and other people. I think Jude Law was one of them. Frightful. Yeah. Um, has a really nice wintry aesthetic. It's set in a little mm. a little cottage in the middle of the countryside with lots of snow and a beautiful fireplace, you know? And that may sound ridiculous, but that goes a long way to having that emotional connection with people. And I think it's why these Hallmark yeah. movies exist, none of which apparently are good. I think one of them no, would No, I, I can believe that. <laughs> you think Law of Averages would mean they accidentally made one good. But um, nobody seems yeah. to agree that there is one. Law of Averages applies to movies as a whole, not just one genre, clearly. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. People just look for different stuff in their Christmas movies. and But, you know, it's not like yeah. it's that unusual for critically poorly reviewed films to actually be well-liked. There's got to be people out there. No. There's got to be human beings out there who think to themselves, I could do with watching all the Transformers this week. And... Oh, yeah, for sure. God, imagine. There are, there are, there are going to be people out there. Just look at the state the world is in yeah. and tell me that people haven't made that decision at some point <laughs> in their lives. And to some extent, I think once a film has become traditional... And so well watched and overwatched mm. that um, the kind of original criticisms change. I think one of the big mm. problems of Home Alone, and I wonder how I would have reacted to it had I seen it for the first time as like a 30 year old man. One of the mm. criticisms was this movie is somewhat realistic, portraying the actual struggles of a young kid living on his own with a, a whimsical bent, but, you know, menacing criminals. And then suddenly yeah. it becomes Bugs Bunny in its final act. And we take that yeah. for granted because we've just always known Home Alone. But there's no, like, rubber realism. There's no, like, rubber reality before one of them gets hit in the head with a brick and it's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They don't set that up early on, that that might be a thing that happens. And so... Is that not just a wonderful, wonderful twist? Is it not? Is it not just an idea? Like, what if Skyfall, in its final act, suddenly <laughs> was, like, with loads of sound effects and such? <laughs> <laughs> And he, he pushes a log down the down the stairs and it flattens him and he turns into like a flat 2D image and blows <laughs> like a mask. Yeah. Just like in the mask. <laughs> now I I I've just remembered how poorly reviewed Home Alone 2 is, Paul, so oh, we yeah. are gonna have to do this at some point. That would be good. I would enjoy doing Home Alone 2, starring Donald Trump. Well, with that issue fully resolved, I want to talk about right. some of the weirder Christmas traditions. It's the okay. last talking point. There's a couple of things that happen at Christmas. 
Yeah. One of which is that suddenly TV channels have a changed audience. They are mm-hmm. no longer trying to exclusively draw the attention of grandmothers who want to see how much stuff in their attic might be worth, <clears throat> and or see people failing to pay, and therefore it gets taken away. Instead, what they want to what they want to get in are the families, mm. the dads who are at home and hate their kids, yeah. the kids who are at home and hate their dads, yeah. and they all just want to be staring at a TV and, for the love of Christ, not talking to each other. <laughs> so, with all that airtime, what do you put on? Can you put on? Family films, often those are quite tied up in rights and such. Yep. But you can, there's some out there. Oh, but yeah. also you need stuff that's just going to try and draw in the whole family. Yes. And here are some categories that that falls into. First of all, blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And I very much associate movies like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. You know, just family-friendly blockbusters you can put on. You know, with no wintry settings at all, really. There's no, there's a bit of no. snow in um, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, but no. not much in the way of winter. But yeah. it's something you can put on at like four o'clock on ITV2. Yeah. And everyone goes, <laughs> so, hooray, I'm familiar with this. Thank God for familiarity. <laughs> there's a Bond film on. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we can just watch that and know exactly what to expect unless it's Skyfall, which is very subversive. Or that one where he kills a terrorist, uh, kills a drug dealer by putting him in a massive oven. God damn it, Dalton! <laughs> don't let it, don't make us think. Just give us, give us the old style <laughs> slapping women one. <laughs> on oh, the Last Jedi. <laughs> oh. Worst Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have brought Lazenby back. <laughs> so yeah, blockbusters tend to go on. War movies, I find, tend to be on a lot. Um, there's a stereotype of The Great Escape being always on at Christmas, but I never see it. I never see no. The Great Escape on, but movies like Guns of the Navarone, Bridge Over the River Kwai, or The Dirty Dozen, those are often shown sort of during daytime um, British programming at Christmas, and so, yeah, yeah, I think of Guns of the Navarone as a Christmas film. I think they're on every every Sunday around the world. <laughs> there is that. It's just that you're more likely to notice at Christmas because yeah. you've got fuck all else going on. Yeah, because usually you're employed. <laughs> God, it's horrible. Um, fantasy movies. In particular, the Harry Potter films. And Jason and the Argonauts and Clash of the Titans. I always see those two <laughs> on. The old claymation. Yeah, yeah. I think I yeah. saw Argonauts at Christmas once. I love that. <laughs> I do associate the idea of an epic Greek adventure with Christmas yeah. now, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, just like at home. <laughs> And that's it for stuff that gets shown during the day. But the only other genre I'd like to point out is um, Christmas horror movies, of which there are some. Yes. Krampus. Yep. Is excellent. Uh, Modern Day Gremlins. (laughs) Um, Rare Exports is great fun. Mm. It kind of takes the Christmas mythos and, um, you know, turns it on itself. (laughs) And has great fun in doing so. It's um, an enjoyably dark interpretation of the Christmas mythos. Yeah. Um, slasher movies. Black Christmas is a legitimate argument for one of the first slasher movies, and is brilliant. Really atmospheric, creepy, and unsettling. Ah. Um, pre-Halloween, and just does a lot of that stuff really well. Oh, wow. Okay. Post Post Halloween, you've got the utter cheese fest that is Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, which is about a guy who suddenly becomes terrified of Santa Claus and goes around. <laughs> dressed as one uh, no what is he? he has a traumatizing incident involving a santa claus as a kid and he grows up and ends up dressing as santa claus going around killing people including throwing a woman onto a pair of wall-mounted antlers which then pierce through her chest which is great oh, yeah. i think that might be linnea quickly actually um yeah. and some sort of famous uh nudie woman from uh 
horror movies. Um, and I quickly might have been too young at the time. Um, so that's great fun. And finally, I want to talk about a little short-run British tradition, uh, which has recently been re- revamped. But in the 1970s, every year, they would release a ghost story for Christmas on the BBC. Um, huh. Most of these were directed by... Dissidents. <laughs> uh, Lawrence Gordon Clark, he directed the uh, the bulk of them, and most of okay. them are based on ghost stories by the um, British writer M.R. James. It started okay. with an episode of Omnibus called Whistle and I'll Come to You, mm. a very menacing story about a um, a man who's taking a walking holiday in England along mm-hmm. the coast and um, happens upon a whistle. Uh, he blows on the whistle cheerfully and then finds that, that he is being followed in his dreams by some sort of menacing presence. Um, mm. Most of M.R. James's stories are about... One of, his, um, one of the films is called A Warning for the Curious, and that's pretty mm. much how these are. <laughs> you know, it's warning to the curious. Yeah. People muddle into dangerous situations and then find that their curiosity is somehow going to punish them. They're like the British public service announcements also from the 70s. <laughs> Timmy exactly. wanted to play on the trains. <laughs> now he's being raped by a serial killer. <laughs> Serves you right, Timmy. It's, yeah, it's that kind of deal. It's um, <laughs> You got movies like... Um, some of them are set in the past, like The Stalls of Barchester is about um, Richard from uh, Keeping Up Appearances. Who, um, Timmy wanted to take the stool of a man. <laughs> A real man. <laughs> now he's being raped by a serial killer. <laughs> Serves you right, Timmy. <laughs> Every time. Um, poor Timmy. Poor Timmy. It's not fair. The Souls of Barchester is about a haunted um, a stall, a chair inside of a church, which drives mm. the minister mad. Um, and my favourite one, I think, the Ash Tree is really good, which is about a creepy tree which um, has uh, connections to witchcraft um, imagery. But the one of them is called The Treasure of Abbot Thomas. Okay. And that's a very spooky one. It's about a skeptic, um, a scholar of medieval history, who suddenly discovers um, that there's a treasure hidden about the um, uh, the university at which he, he is based. And he uncovers it, and is then pursued from the place of its uncovering by a horrific slime monster that you don't really get to see. You just get to feel. Okay. Um, it's very textural, the portrayal of this thing, and very much done in terms of sound. Yeah. Um. And it proceeds to visit him in his chambers. Um, until he sort of returns it. But there's a little bit of a uh, deception in the end, and it ends on one of the genuine, just creepiest images I think I've ever seen. Hmm. Just, it really, it it it's, it just sends a chill up me. Oh, it's wow. an unsettling, kind of horror. So that's the treasure of Abbot Thomas. It's part of Ghost Stories for Christmas, BBC, and yeah, I love it. I watch it every year. That's it from me. Do you have any other Christmas movies you'd like to mention? Or non-Christmas movies that you watch <laughs> at Christmas? No, the thing is, it just... Uh, I can't predict what I'm going to watch. I don't mm. really have set movies that I go to at Christmas. It Like, if yeah, right. something will be on, or maybe if I'm around a parents and they've suddenly got a... They, they've got a new movie that I really wanted to watch, then I'll watch that. And yeah, right. it, it, it just depends on, on what's around. Um, mm. I genuinely don't go back to the same the same things like last year i think nell and i just watched the witcher because <laughs> it had come out um yeah. which wasn't a great choice because it's not a very good series i don't care what anyone says <laughs> but it, um it's weird I, I i suppose my my memories of christmas movie traditions or just christmas movie traditions in general are muddier now because it's been so many years of just doing whatever yeah one thing I do find hard to do at Christmas mm. is find new stuff or watch new stuff. So 
whenever a movie comes out and it's like, you've got to see this. I'm like, oh, can it wait till January? <laughs> because usually January is reserved for, you know, watching, catching up on all the Oscar movies anyway. Yeah. So I'm usually fairly happy to wait until then. But yeah, um, it's it's difficult for me to watch new stuff around Christmas. I like to think of it as a time of closing off rather than, you know, yeah, even though okay. I often make my end of year list mm. around that time. That's interesting. Mm. It, it, yeah, it definitely is that for, for me in a lot of respects. Like, you, you know, mm. an end of a year and figuring out what's going to happen next and reassessing mm. and you get that cry out of the way. <laughs> um, that really, really good cry. But the... <laughs> When I, whenever I revisit things, it's very off the cuff. So it's it's it just makes sense that at Christmas it's the same. There might it might be I'll, I'll be at home and yeah, there'll be a we'll have a DVD of Nightmare Before Christmas or Die Hard or something, and then you go oh why not or a DVD of yeah. um that Mickey Flanagan stand up with that one joke on it that everyone loves. <laughs> Love it. it, it yeah. Ow, ow. Oh, brilliant classic garlic <laughs> bread. Um, classic. But it, I like I like Mickey Flanagan. He's funny. But yeah, he's good. It's the the traditions in Christmas don't don't run run so deep for me. So it's um yeah fair enough yeah it's what a mess what a mess my life is yeah what a horrible mess you are but you know who's not a horrible disgusting mess that should be put out of its misery is the OG team oh I love those guys the ho ho G T team oh 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 team oh all right well Blockbusters podcast said growing up we've got jingle all the way. Uh, the classic movie starring Sinbad, <laughs> Jurassic Park, and <laughs> The Great Escape. I'm so glad to hear Jurassic Park mentioned. Yeah. I agree. I watched it at Christmas. Now, The Santa Claus uh, and whatever my daughter wants. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, that's a legitimate concern. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem to be the case with all of my friends with kids. When you say, have you, have you seen the latest thing? No. <laughs> no, never. Do you mean my kid? Do you mean the, the, <laughs> the latest horrible thing it did to my living room? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I was there. Saw it, felt it, fell in it. I lived it. Oh, great. <laughs> I give it three stars. <laughs> no, no, one of the better ones. <laughs> Victor Gamboa, <laughs> treasured patron, um, said, Aww. every Christmas Eve for the last seven years, I would invite family and friends over to watch Die Hard and eat freshly made tamales. Yeah. Fuck yeah. What a, what a fucking Christmas. Love that. <laughs> Doing it right. Uh, That's good stuff. Yeah. I love that. I love it when a festive snack gets involved as well. Yeah. We, um... Oh, Jesus Christ, the most, it might sound like the most tragic thing in the world, but it genuinely is quite special to me, is that every year we do a festive jigsaw um, in the run-up to Christmas. And often a lot of the movies I've discussed will be put on in the background. I remember the year that The Long Good, whatever it was, was put on. <laughs> the long, Good Long Kiss. <laughs> I don't know why I can't remember the name of that fucking thing. It's ridiculous. But yeah, um, and there's always a, a big thing of butter biscuits, Oof. Danish butter cookies. Gets passed around, and I fucking Fantastic. love those. And it's only ever Never. at Christmas. And that's part of that thing. Again, you make it special by only doing it at one yes. time a year. If you have pancakes every day, that would make Pancake Fucking Day mm. um, less special. Yeah. You can't. You, you, you try and fuck with the thing you've been eating every day for a year. You're not. Yeah. Not always going to do don't it, do no. It. I don't care how. Don't care how citrusy my yeah. mom is. I'm not into it. You can't get double citrus. So it has to stop somewhere. The buck has to. <laughs> the fuck has to stop somewhere. Um, the fuck stops here Speaking of Victor Gamboa continues I also oh. like watching Richard Stanley's Hardware Which takes place On Christmas Eve Then it's a tie Between oh, Christmas wow. Vacation And Jingle All The Way Have you seen Hardware Paul? Well I know of Richard Stanley Of course And recently we had That Color Out Of Space um, Which was his big um, oh. Combat movie But 
I haven't seen, um, and I know of his uh, famous breakdown on the set of the um, Island of Dr. Moreau, but I haven't actually seen Hardware, I'm afraid. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, that would be an interesting one to check out, a grisly Christmassy film. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Victor. Cinematic Adventures. Yeah. Says National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Christmas yep. in Connecticut. Good stuff. Oh, I haven't seen no, it. Not, That's not one of the big ones. That and, um, uh, what's the film that um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is from? Uh, meet me in St. Have Louis. Have a Merry Little Christmas. I haven't seen Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Starring um, Mark Wahlberg and John Cena. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, mate. But yeah, meaning to see that one. The Bishop's Wife, Home Alone, Jingle uh-huh. All the Way, mm. A Christmas Story. Oh! Ooh. And Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. <gasps> no. How absolute dare you. It completely is for the aforementioned yeah. reasons. Um, Christmas Story, that's one of those ones I haven't seen. Very American. Okay. Oh, okay. Very American sort of oh. thing. Well... It seems like somebody's stuck in a nineties office. Time, time for me to go and fix the bloody photocopier. <laughs> Paul, you're meant to be spending time with the podcast. I can't. I'm such a business guy. You're not here. Okay. What the fuck? It's our doorbell postman. Oh yeah. right. <laughs> he just wanted to say hi. Oh, how many posts today? Nothing today, folks. <laughs> God, Australia's great, but also fuck off. So, have you got any lemons? So, <laughs> it's a fuck something. Did you finish the point, or...? <laughs> no, I can't remember. Yeah, sure, mate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to introduce that into more conversation. <laughs> Was that the end of that? <laughs> yeah, God, it become a catchphrase only because it's just what I think every seven minutes of the podcast. <laughs> Thank- <laughs> yes. Thanks, Dan. Cramflix and Chill said, we watch Home Alone and drink a pint of Old Rosie every time we would... A pint of Old Rosie? Jesus. That's a strong farmhouse cider for everybody else around the world. That is a cider you have to chew. Um, We drink a pint of Old Rosie every time we we think the wet bandits would have been killed by one of Kevin's traps. Needless to say, we're steaming by the end. I I should think so. If you could drink more than five pints of Old Rosie and still have teeth, I would be scared of you. And maybe I still am. And a grip on reality. Yeah. It's a pretty dull first, like, hour and 15 minutes of this drinking game, though. Yeah. Just there with the pints, like, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 no. You're not, not even allowed to no. sip. You're just letting that pint of old Rosie warm up nicely in your palm. <laughs> when it's at its most powerful. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the bit where he goes, ah, <laughs> shit. It's a long way off, guys. Oh, but kudos to you. <laughs> Katie <laughs> writes about... Um, Katie Does she? Your friend And mine She said oh. Just go ahead and watch Any Hallmark movie <laughs> Yeah And I'm not we gonna We should at some point Cover a Hallmark movie I oh. mean My main interaction With the Hallmark movies Is that Jenny Nicholson Where we so often Review one um, Actually it was the Netflix Christmas movie She reviewed last year um, That I think The Cinema Snob Has reviewed a couple okay. And I have quite Warm affiliations with that And of course You have the legendary McElroy um, Hallmark movie bit Which is just one of The funniest bits They've done. Ah, don't remember that. Oh, it's so good when they just list off the Christmas movies. Oh, okay. It's it's really funny. After maybe give that a listen then. I'm never going oh, to. Right? I don't listen. listen to other podcasts anymore. And also, that sounds like a Christmas to me, which was a round that Justin invented, um, in which he gives three plot synopses, uh, one of which he's made up for Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, okay. Also very funny. Let's steal that. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Bond said Robbie the Reindeer, which looks like an Ardman. Oh, yes, I'm Um, aware of Robbie the Reindeer. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, Keep an eye out for it. Do you like like me an Aardman? 
Oh, I love an Aardman. That's something we didn't mention, is they always show the Aardmans at Christmas. They show the yeah. the Wallace and Gromai. And it's, yeah. um, D- but were they TV? And is that stuff... That's the, true. You don't get to listen. This is for the patrons. You're not going to hear it. Unhear that. It. Get it out of your head. Right this second. Go on. We'll wait. Actually, we won't. We need um, you to edit this in your brains. That way everyone gets quick. to be happy. And we get to sleep. Drink a pint of Old Rosie. <laughs> for every and, time uh, you'll be fine. we get meta. The Grinch, original animated. And oh, yeah, beautiful. Yes, yes fair yeah, enough. Definitely. <laughs> That's a good distinction um, to make. And The Little Crooked Christmas Tree. God, I haven't heard of that. Which, I assume it's a sequel to The Christmas Tree. The um, Christmas Tree, the, the best Christmas film of all time. In which Mrs. M- Mrs. Mavelda comes back and has more lines. <laughs> because they got the voice actress back into the booth. Because now she's cooking with gap. <laughs> Chris Attaway said... Call me a basic bitch, you basic bitch, but I Fuck really yeah. enjoy watching Die Hard every Christmas. Fingers with your toes. Yeah, yeah. you're a favourite, Chris. Better <laughs> you're the than best one. All the others who said the opposite. <laughs> better than anyone else. Even the ones who said the same, you're better than them. <laughs> you said it better. You better yeah. you're better than me. <laughs> then uh, Bloatbusters disagreed with this, and then I was yeah. rude to Bloatbusters. And, <laughs> um, but then he said, if the core theme of the film is not centred around Christmas, it's not an Xmas film. But it is, because we just said it was. Um, <laughs> the we very said least, it was earlier, and we're really fucking eloquent about it. So um, <laughs> At the very least, go. it's using it as a uh, sort of source of uh, frisson of um, excitement there, in terms of contradictory aesthetics. So, there you go. Exactly. So, there you go, what he just said. And then <laughs> Elliot Joe O'Neill said, I might be biased, but... Oh, okay. It, it took me... It, it showed an animate a picture of animated deer, and I had to click on it to reveal that the name of the film is Elliot. Yeah. So, I wondered about that, that too. I was like, "Why? Why bias? Did you did you make a Christmas movie? <laughs> Tell us about the Christmas movie you made, Elliot." <laughs> Moving over to Facebook, Jen what? Blundell says the two Christmas films I would choose to rewatch every year are Elf and Die Hard. Oh, weird, Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, I I got to be there when Jen first saw Die Hard. For the very first oh, time gosh. at a Prince Charles cinema, so the audience, you know, were relatively sober, <laughs> which was a very pleasant surprise for everyone involved, <laughs> including them um, and Bruce Willis. He got a memo. <laughs> I did wonder if I was. I, I tried to um, check out her expression. It was tricky because of the distance away from me that she was sat. Um, she she introduced social distancing way before <laughs> it became popular. Everyone, she. I don't think I've seen her in months, <laughs> years even. That would have been funnier. But um, on the line, I shot a kid. I tried to get eye color, just be like, huh? <laughs> McElroy's. And I did listen a couple of chuckles from McElroy fans, I assume, on that line. It's funny anyway, <laughs> with, with, with or without McElroy's. Yeah. I shot a kid. Brilliant. The first is funny, charming and highly quotable. The second is also funny, charming and highly quotable, <laughs> but with more fun deaths. Um, the only awful Christmas film I think I've seen, I tend to just avoid them, is Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah. To be fair, I mostly remember the cinema experience rather than the film. A bunch of small, smelly children <laughs> kept running around and sticking <laughs> their faces between our seats and our, and our butts. And I, was too, yeah. um, and I was too young to feel the authority to tell their parents off. Um, <laughs> You've got to grow that moustache. Well. Yeah, you have to have at least a moustache. Get that authority going. To be fair, though, it sounds like it sounds like that distraction would have been welcome. I'd have appreciated it. Yeah, fuck me, you might not have picked up on some of the nuance of James Patterson's in the film. As a side note, last night I rewatched the Christmas episode of The Vicar of Dibley when Alice gives birth and I had forgotten how okay. laugh out loud it actually was. I think TV does some of the best Christmases on screen, but we're not talking about that. No. Don't feel like you have to read all this out. Oh. I, so. <laughs> um, I didn't know she had seen the second Die Hard. I am heartbroken. Um What? The second Die Hard? I thought uh, you said the second one is more fun but with more 
fun deaths. The first is the first meaning the former meaning elf, and the second. Oh Jesus Christ! Elf. Okay, right. That was so confusing. <laughs> yeah, the deaths and yeah, elves. Like Jen. The deaths and elves. Uh, uh, the deaths and elves. I can't speak anymore. This has gone too far. We've been talking for a yeah. long time, everyone. Let's move on. Are you f- finished that point? <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. <laughs> Ellen Graham said, you cheeky pools have been misbehaving and thus in your stocking you get an Ellen essay. Good, oh, an no. hour and 40 record time. <laughs> um, and A Nightmare Before Christmas animation that gets to be wonderfully spooky and strange but makes all the sad goth yep. kids feel celebrated. Plus, I get to enjoy my yep. real favourite holiday under the guise of being Christmassy. Yeah. Not to mention the music. The only elf I want on my shelf is Danny Elfman. Yeah, he's great. Um, There's a wonderful sounding film as well. Yes, it's true. Halloween. Uh, little girls, all of it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that famous song from that movie. God, he's wrong. <laughs> he's a horrible man. Never forget that. Should <laughs> be don't, Elfman. <laughs> Gremlins. We got puppets. We got horrible murder. We got wacky shenanigans, and we have Philby, Phoebe, Phoebe Cates' dad fo- falling to death down the <laughs> chimney. I love that, and I love the fact that they parody that speech in the second one. Oh, <laughs> she starts talking about some sort of horrible thing that happened with the Easter Bunny. It's um, yeah, uh, it's very funny. The cool. second one is very funny. It's underseen. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. Last Christmas. Didn't <laughs> expect to love this one. The story is cliche and sugary sweet, but the actors commit hard, and I love a fuck up gone good story. Um, <laughs> fuck up gone good yeah. story. Close <laughs> to a fuck up gone good story. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Um, I haven't seen Last Christmas. I, I know it's got Daenerys, Stormborn, Breaker of Chains, Mother of Dragons, oh, great. Um, King of the Andals, and the First Men in it. So I'll be curious. Khaleesi to, Milisi. I'll be curious yeah. to see it for that reason. Curiously, curiously, see no. I can't believe it ends uh, Love with, actually um... is depressing as fuck. And are you done with that point? <laughs> no, I had another Game of Thrones joke in it. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna hit a two hour. I haven't got time to edit a two hour episode. Fine, move on. No, make it go on. No, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea. That maybe the love interest Sorry. stabs her at the end. You know, it's. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, cool. I don't know. Oh, like in Game of Thrones. Like in Game of Thrones. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Love actually is depressing as fuck and I'm not here for it. Uh, Emma Thompson <laughs> and Laurie Linney just get emotionally eviscerated and I'm even not, in, even I'm not that cruel to watch them suffer. Yeah. Mary Paulmas and a good moon for all. I agree. Oh. It's really a bummer. Um, couldn't have worked <laughs> salt in there somewhere? I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah well, it's fine. Finally, Alison Blunder. <gasps> Wait, you mean Jen Blunder? Jen's mum. What? Jenna's a mum. Jenison Blundell. <laughs> yeah. She 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 made us all pancakes. Oh, There's a wonderful yeah. dog. She made me pancakes despite my various dietary restrictions. <laughs> and they were delicious. She insisted. You kept explaining it. She just said, no, get it down. And, <laughs> That's right. She made us a wonderful hot pot. Yeah. yeah. She did. It was fantastic. Very good. Yeah. To, to, to clarify, she made me special allergen-free pancakes, <laughs> not just force-fed me. Ex- extra creamy pancakes. <laughs> Um, and then sent him off to Sarah's house in order for it, in order for the results to be her problem. And told Sarah to lock me in the toilet <laughs> when I shat myself inside out for three days. Anyway, thanks for getting in touch, Jen's mum. She said, <laughs> "I hope Jen playing this too, her mum." <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful woman you are, and see what a disaster you avoided um, through your conscientiousness. For me, it's got to be the King and I, or Doctor Chivago. Ah. Without wow. fail, I can happily spend an afternoon drinking tea and bawling my eyes out at the end of each film. That's exactly it. Is it's movies oh. to like have on in the afternoon, and other Christmassy things will be going on. Maybe you need to wrap some presents or write some cards. But then a good epic movie like Doctor Zhivago, you can just come in, 
come out of it again and it's just going throughout the day and you really yeah. feel like you've kind of shared the day with it at the end it's um Zhivago is generally seen as a slightly weaker lean but i don't think so mm. i think it, it's kind of like the interstellar of david lean's films it's um oh, okay yeah and ryan's daughter is his tenet it, it's the more emotionally focused one is dodge Zhivago, and as much as it's just about this one relationship and everything else is like the backdrop yeah, cool. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jen's mum, if this is being played to you, but I can only think of things in terms of Christopher Nolan movies. It's a real problem. <laughs> and seeking, seeking help. But, I, um... I feel for Jen's mum, that will help a few jigsaw pieces slot into place. <laughs> Do a jigsaw whilst watching Dr. Zhivago. It's great. And watch these people try and piece I... their lives together after the horrors of World War... I want to say two. Three? Yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do a jigsaw and watch a, nice, a classic movie. Yeah! That'd be great. Let's all do that. I'm going to go and do that right now. <laughs> but before that, I want to thank the OG team. Thanks, OG mostly team. Mostly Jen's mum. Thanks, Alison Blundell. <laughs> uh, the one better thing is Halloween. Well. It's about a holiday. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> let's... I don't know. Are there any other segments? Are you done with that point? I think I am, you know. Great. Thanks for listening, everyone. Paul, how can people find out more about all of this that's happened? They can get on to OG team. Uh, nope. <laughs> get on to themselves. OGT pod. They, 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 they can... They can... Fuck right off. Yeah. Christmas pun. Piss off. Um, <laughs> get on to Ho 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 GT pod at Twitter and Facebook. And um, they can follow us on Patreon, Ho Ho Hon, for as little as $1 a moho homph. <laughs> and um, we're on Spoho Hotify. I think I'm dying. I think this is what slipping out of existence. Yeah, it wouldn't... It's it's not going towards the light and feeling happiness. It's 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 unbearable vamping from a tired man. Um, the, right the clearly right. isn't going anywhere, and after a while, it became intentionally, ironically <laughs> shit. Thanks, thanks everyone. <laughs> thanks and, everyone. And you know thanks what? For this. We'll we'll say this in a few weeks, but have a good Christmas. Yeah. And a happy new year. Have I'm actually not going to be around period. for the next few weeks. <laughs> I need a break. I need a split from this. I just need a bit of time. Yeah. I'm Paul. Oh. Just give me my own space. <laughs> I'm Poho Hall Goodman. <laughs> and remember, the one good thing about December mm. is that you get to watch just a few of the things that maybe you had to put away when you became a person. I went to go say man, but then I wanted it to be non-gender specific, so I said person, but kids are people too. And that's oh. really the one great thing about Christmas is that kids are actually people too. <laughs>